The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, where we explore nighttime dreams, daytime desires, and the best ways to transform the tragic into magic. Because let's face it, we all dream, we all have our blessings, and we all have our challenges, myself included. And I don't want any of us to take any of those things lying down, if you know what I mean. I just wrote a book entitled, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste. I'm excited to explore the topic with you, whether it relates to your waking or sleeping dreams, because we're dreaming all the time, people. So let's make it the best dream possible. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hi, welcome I everyone see it to happening. the show today. This is so exciting. <laughs> I and this today's show is a little different. And first of all, if you're watching live or listening live, today is the summer solstice in the Western Hemisphere, anyway. So happy solstice, happy summer solstice. Happy Solstice, Marie Antoinette. Yeah, thank you. It feels like one of those special days today. Doesn't it? It really Mm -hmm. does. So there's, it's special because this is the summer solstice, which is the longest day of the year. Um, Some would say it's the brightest day of the year. It's a day for intention setting. It's a day for getting out and being in the sun whether you know symbolically or literally and it's also um this will be the first show i've done in a while live because i was in costa rica recently i've been talking about that and that was let me just give a shout out to imaloa institute heaven on earth in a in a nutshell pure heaven and we're going to talk about heaven today we're going to talk about heaven and heaven on earth because this beautiful woman marie antoinette wrote this book Normally I don't do children's books on this show. Not that I have anything against them. I don't. My friend Sue Gans Schmidt is a beautiful um, children's author who I've had on the show, but it's very rare. And when my publisher sent this to me, I was like, "Mm, I don't really do children's books, but wait a minute, this is about the afterlife. What, a children's book about the afterlife? And oh, wait a minute. Afterward by Danian Brinkley. Oh, wait a minute. Danny's Day in Heaven. This might be a sort of 
of a children, Daniel Brinkley, who has been on this show. I've interviewed him many times, actually. And I'm so, and I'm covered in chills as I say this. And then I don't, I don't know if I told you this, Marie Antoinette, I'm doing everything out of order here. I'll introduce you in a second. <laughs> but on the same day that I received this in the mail and read it, mm -hmm. I, two times later that day, I had two completely unrelated friends in totally unrelated settings talk to me about surfing accidents where somebody went through the waves, under the waves, into the afterworld. I'm like, did you, what? Really? Never in my life have <laughs> wow. I ever had a conversation like this ever before. So it like the number three is symbolic to me. It's like three times wow. the charm. It's like a symbol. So I'm like, yeah. I am so having her on my show. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, welcome Marie Antoinette. Let me just tell everyone a little bit about who Thank this you. amazing artist is. And if you're watching live on Facebook, you can see some of her paintings in her background. She is an incredible artist. Marie Antoinette Kelly, love the last name. <laughs> is an award-winning artist who's done hundreds of commissioned portraits as well as the art for angel quest oracle which i can't wait to see she's appeared on dozens of television radio and podcast shows and has been published in such magazines as edge and authority and in 2019 her bison portrait in the form of woven blankets began selling throughout Yellowstone National Park's general stores. To find out more about Marie Antoinette and her artwork, visit makefineart.com. That's make, M-A-K, or M-A-K. Oh, I guess those are your letters, M-A-K. Right. <laughs> oh, I figured it out. Marie yes. Antoinette Kelly, M-A-K, fineart.com. You could also think of it like make fine art, just take out the right. E after make. And you're good. Yeah. And she's also a Beyond Words author. So shout out to Beyond Words, especially Brenna Hermo, who connected us. Oh, Brenna's awesome. Yes. yes. <laughs> Rachel Brenna. Brenna. The whole the whole crew there at yeah. Beyond Words. We love them all. That's Michelle, true. Michelle, Lindsay. Yes. And Lindsay. Yeah. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. Good people. Beyond yes. Words. They yes. live up to their brand. Okay. Yeah. But speaking of let's talk a little bit about danny's day in heaven um how did this whole idea come to you so you not only did the the artwork for this but you also you also um told the story so how did this idea come yeah. to you well it's it's yeah i have i have my copy on my end <laughs> well what do you know <laughs> right it's, it's actually been you know this story has been part of my life for so long at this point because um I first thought of writing this book when I became friends with Daniel, and that is in the late 90s. So that's over 25 years ago. And um, at that point, I was still a young mom with little kids. And that's where the idea of a children's book came. But I had barely um, escaped from my own childhood. And in my own childhood, I had a strong fear of death because I had a lot of you know, encounters from the other side that I couldn't place and I didn't know enough about. So being left in the dark with all of that kind of, I think, translated death into a black hole for me that could gobble up people. And it left me scared a lot. And, and um, knowing once I got to know that there are near death experiences and that people like Daniel tell their stories so gripping me um, and then becoming friends with Daniel, 
I, I realized what an effect that had on me, being able to orient myself to the other side. It's a real realm and this is how it interacts. And it is a realm that transcends cultural backgrounds or religions. And it's just uh, fundamental to our experience here in this physical world. And it started to calm me down and it made me realize that I needed to pass that on to kids. Cause of course I had my own kids with three and five at the time. And um, I was raising them with that idea, but I, I didn't want to stop there. I wanted children everywhere who have countless experiences of spirit uh, to understand more of what that world is and that it's normal, that it's natural. And I think it starts for me with, with telling the story that you know life doesn't end at death and that it's a natural transition for us to go into you know the other side of ourselves, our spiritual selves. And one, the second aspect of this book for me is that once you understand that, you don't have to wait till you die to realize that message. You can do it like right now and, and be familiar with your own spiritual side. This is so important and I'm so glad you're doing this. And I wish I was a kid reading your book and I wish I had this information so young. When we're young, we're so impressionable. And if we can develop a relationship with the other side and as the Toltecs say with the angel of death, that is not adversarial, but friendly. And even like, ooh, yay, I've got this fun thing that's that's coming up at some point. Not that I wanna go there before I need to, but, <laughs> yeah. but to know that there's no, yeah. like Danians, I mean, you and I are both Danian, I, I, I call myself a Danian groupie because he came into my <laughs> life. He's actually, throughout my book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste. He shows up in yeah. my book like three times because the issue of death is so important and i had a yeah. death experience and then i met him yeah. right afterward mm -hmm. and I, he his information and his wisdom gave me so much reassurance even though i yes. had been there and i had seen what i had seen but he helped to give me language that i didn't exactly have to help me ground it and make it real in this world and I'm thinking yeah. about how, you know, I go, I take people on journeys to Teotihuacan, Mexico, and I'm likely to wow. take people again this year. I haven't posted it yet, but I, um, for Dia de los Muertos, it would be this year. And yeah. when I, when I go there, I'm, I remember the, one of the first things that really startled me right across from the pyramids of Teotihuacan is like a, a children's playground and mm. they have the Quetzalcoatl that is the winged serpent where the kids would like go through a slide, like go into the mouth. Oh, really? And then, yeah. And I was talking to one of my friends who lived there and they said, yeah, the kids are brought up with Dia de los Muertos. Mm -hmm. They're brought up with Quetzalcoatl and going through the belly, going through the kind of that corridor into this other realm. And it's, so death isn't something to be feared. Exactly. But it's one thing that you was said, very transformative was... for me yeah. also to, to understand that it's a language you can get familiar with. So it's not this brick wall that you're going to hit or that your loved ones, your mom or your dad are going to hit and they're going to be poof gone. But the, the right. continuum. Yeah, right. Because that understand is it. like every horror movie is about yeah. like you're gonna die right. yeah and it's so horrible but right. i think you said something that was really really important i mean you've said a lot of things that are important but the thing that is that you raised you said you raised your kids with mm -hmm. the with the wisdom with kind of the perspective that death is a friendly thing what's on the other yes. side is friendly yes but there's something about a story 
that makes it so it's not just this cognitive thing like you know eat your broccoli it's good right. for you what's on right. the other side is good for you but to tell a story yes. and to see what's going on through danny's eyes and his yes. experience it's so powerful it's like i think that's why stories are so important to me and i think to all of us as humans and I think that's one of the main things you touched on uh, about Daniel's influence on me because yeah. um, before then I was trying to really grasp the idea of death and what was happening to me through my mind and through knowledge and understanding. But Daniel, you know, two things that stand out to me about Daniel is one is that he had the experience. So it was no longer knowledge. It was experience in his yes. body. And the second is the way I describe him. And he just has a boom box of a heart and that, <laughs> And that just affected me and it allowed me, you know, just by being friends and kind of modeling after that expression to let my own heart speak more. And that's where the language of spirit really comes through. And that's where the fears drop away. The fears are very much of the mind and of this world, but the heart knows. And, and, and I'm hoping that, you know, this story will reassure children and then allow their heart to kind of find a place in the conversation so that they can let it shine as well. We can all just have boom box hearts and <laughs> boom box hearts. That is so true. You know what That's... I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. Like just let yourself love, yes. let yourself be big yourself and large love. and in mm -hmm. And I want to, since we're like just praising Daniel Brinkley so much. So for all yes. of those who don't know who Daniel Brinkley is, he's the best selling author of of Saved by the Light, and it became yeah. a massive runaway bestseller, New York Times, he was on Oprah, there was a movie of the week made about him starring Eric Roberts as him, and yeah. he's gone on to write several other books, and with his, with Catherine Brinkley as well, who mm -hmm. also had many um, near-death experiences, and one thing I love about Daniel, Dan Yin, is that he even says himself that he wasn't a good guy when, yeah like after the yeah. like when he first died he got struck by a lightning mm -hmm. in his home while on the telephone and and he he died for a while i don't know the specific 32 minutes 32 yeah. minutes yeah the other side. This is, mm -hmm. that's amazing it's but, one of the most complete near-death experiences on record it's it's quite a phenomenal story it's yeah. a phenomenal story mm -hmm. and this the and i think what makes it particular important particularly important to me is that he wasn't a do-gooder he wasn't a spiritual guy he wasn't mm -hmm. oming and chanting every day and being a good samaritan he was like a bounty hunter. He was like doing, yeah. he, he didn't care. He was a good yeah. old boy. He was drinking, smoking, taking what he needed from people. So you would think, especially he grew up in the Bible Belt, where you'd think what the message was, well, you're going to hell. And he was mm -hmm. kind of like, well, if I'm going to hell, I'm going to have a party as I go out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you would think somebody like him wouldn't be embraced by light. You'd think somebody like him would go to a darker place, but the fact that even he yeah. had all this light. And I, I thought that was a beautiful part of the message. And, and I, when I initially came up with the idea to turn it into a children's book, I said, I need to adapt your story, but yes, I can't. Was a and so I turned him into a 12 year old boy. But what I did is I couldn't, of course, retell his story from his point of view because you can't have a child be struck by lightning and, and come back to life in 30 pages you know that's right. 
So I had to make some adjustments, but what I didn't do is change the message. And that is an overlapping message with people other than Daniel who've also touched the other side. And that, that's one thing I want, two things I wanted to say. The first one is that um, the researchers are now finding that independent of culture or religious background, there are steps that overlap. And those are the steps I highlighted through, through the story of little Danny, so that you can be assured that there is an element of truth that you can count on and that you can share with your children without feeling that we're getting away from that. The wow, second part really is good. what you touched on, that Danny was a bad guy. And yeah. that is what I, I turned the little Danny in the book into a bully. Yes. Because I agree, that's a really important point. Because what, what is highlighted through the idea for me is that it's not a system of reward and punishment. It's not, you, can, you can't bargain for your entry into spirit. Spirit is unconditionally loving. And you, you naturally transcend into that. And then based on who you've been and where your consciousness is, it shapes itself to support you. And that's exactly what he found and what people find that go to the other side. And so, um, yeah, he's a bully in here. And then he gets the point that actually he's a mighty spiritual being and that he has a greater capacity to love, which is what turned into the boombox heart. <laughs> and that that's a fun. That's way another book, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's even a television series right there. Yes. But that's a way to participate in life that's a little more fun than having to think you're going to get punished or, or rewarded for things you do. Right. And yet, and you show this so perfectly and beautifully in the book. I mean, one thing that I think is really important, and I tell this to people a lot because of my many near-death experience, I was probably on the other side for, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, maybe at, yeah. at the most. Um, but I got this sense of justice like, because I wanted to see, I wanted to understand why bad things happen to good people and good things mm -hmm. happen to bad people. And mm -hmm. I wanted to know these things. And I got this, this <clears throat> experience of, oh, wait, there is balance. And really, one way of looking at that is through that holographic life review, which you show on mm -hmm. this page right here. And I don't want to give the whole book away. I'm going to save <laughs> the ending. So you have to read the book. You have to buy Danny's <laughs> Day in Heaven. We're not going to tell you what happens in the end. We just know that he has a near-death experience or maybe it's a death experience. We don't know. But so we could say that we all, from what we know, from what I know from my experience, from what we know from Daniel's experience and the other people, and even mm -hmm. Anita Marjani, who I just recently met, who I love, mm -hmm. there is so much light and so much love and so much forgiveness for all of us. Mm -hmm. And some and some people might be thinking, yeah, but what about the people who have really, really done atrocious things? That, mm -hmm. and I always say, you know, we don't have to go out of our way and darken ourselves and kind of dim our light and be on the vengeance beyond like, I'm going to get revenge because there must be justice. Mm -hmm. There is justice. And in that holographic life review, we get to step into the shoes of the people mm -hmm. that we've interacted with in our life. Good, yes. yeah. good, bad, and indifferent. We get to see yeah. who we treated well and who we didn't. And we get to feel that. And you show yeah. that here where I'm just going to read this little page here. In that okay. moment, Danny's life started flashing before his eyes. The memories appeared like little movies, except more vibrant. And he felt every past thought and feeling he had in them. And somehow those of the other people 
in them too. Danny didn't like watching his life. He saw that most of the things he had done made others feel bad. He had brought about so little happiness. So you see just kind of flashes from his life. If you can, oh, there it is, there it is. Yeah. And then of course it doesn't end there, but you see him go, oh my God, well, and he, yeah, he gets to, let me see. Ashamed and embarrassed, Danny looked to his angel friend and asked softly, how can I be here and feel so much love from you after I was so mean and awful for so long? And then it goes on and there's there's an answer to all of that. There's an answer, yeah. Doesn't and it, like that. I said, it's not an answer based on reward and punishment. It's very much an answer based on awakening to who you truly are. And just like Danny, people that are mean are usually lost in their pain. And uh, of course, there's exceptions to everything. But in general, it's about pain versus healing and fear versus love. And if you understand that, the more you can access the love, which is unconditionally present, the more you can actually live your life in a way that's satisfying. And that's a message in the book. Yeah, so true. Yeah. And I would say it's not about reward and punishment. And yet it sort of is because... In well, internally towards life, yourself. Exactly. It's mm -hmm. not yeah. external. Yeah. I mean, like, because I'm, yeah. a, I'm a dream person. So I always look right. at everything from a dream yeah. perspective that mm -hmm. whoever, whoever I'm interacting with, like you, yeah. Marie Antoinette yeah. Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> I am having such a lovely dream right now because I'm, yes. I'm looking at this part of myself in the mirror and I'm, there's mm -hmm. this wonderful energy and this vibrance and I'm looking at all this creativity and it's yeah. like, oh, making me feel this way. Like I'm creative <laughs> like that too, even though yeah. don't give me a paintbrush. You don't want to see that. But, <laughs> but there's, it's like whatever we do to anyone, mm -hmm. we do to ourselves because we yeah. are everyone and everyone yeah. is in here. So the reward yeah. and the punishment is intrinsic. Yeah. It's there's, there's guidelines and there's, and there's conditions, but it's all in a framework of unconditional love. So while yes. it's like bumper cards, you know, while you bump into things and you hone your path and you learn more, the whole structure is one of support. And that's right. the message that, you know, you not only get from dying and coming back, having touched it, but I, I would really, it's my wish that people get that message now so that you can reset on a daily basis and keep reframing yourself to that love and support. You're totally making me think of something from my very early days on my spiritual path. I was in therapy. I was in my my mid-20s, maybe early yeah. to mid-20s. And my therapist asked me about all the bruises on my body. And, and she's like, she was worried, like, are you in an abusive relationship? And I said, with myself, I, nobody's <laughs> doing this to me. I just, I'm just really clumsy. I just knock in yeah. like, I, I, there's not a sharp edge. My body isn't yeah. drawn to like, I'm yeah. just constantly knocking over things, spilling mm -hmm. things, breaking things like all over bruises yeah. and cuts and scrapes. And she was like, Ooh, like we need to stop this. Like you need mm -hmm. to this. So it became my mantra that she gave me. I, I make room for myself. Beautiful. And yeah. there was something in, in that, that like calmed me down and it made me a little more aware of the spatial relationship between me and things and me and people. Mm -hmm. And then I realized mm -hmm. 
I had also unconsciously bumped into other people and I had a laundry list of people that were upset with me and hurt by me because I wasn't doing it on purpose. I was just being me, a bull in a China shop that was just doing life the best I could with a bit of or a lot of unconsciousness. So I wasn't deliberately Mm -hmm. hurting them. Every time I would hurt somebody, I mean, it would result in a bruise on myself. It's like, Mm -hmm. so we hurt ourselves. It's, it's almost instant. The moment Mm -hmm. we are unkind or we take something or we're greedy or we're not thoughtful, it's, it's immediate that it does have an effect on us, but we might, it might not catch up to us in terms of having like a reckoning Mm -hmm. Until mm-hmm. we get to the other side, but if we're wise right. and we read this beautiful book, <laughs> Danny's Day in Heaven, then we might have yeah. that reckoning now. So yeah, we can start taking better care of ourselves and thus right. better care of the people around us. And then when we get our life review, it'll be like butterflies and unicorns, and <laughs> which are in the book. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. But- This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. But what I hear you saying is when you tell your story is that, yes, you were bumping into people, but there was an element that I'm seeing in that, that you're, you're a therapist and you got inspired. And inspiration, I think, is the language of spirit. And it's always meant to heal. It's always meant to bring you back on track and in alignment. And when you got the inspiration, look at how much knowledge and self-knowledge came to you. And that's, um, I think one of the biggest benefits of being aware that life goes on, that you don't die at the end, but that spirit is a really present support network that is here now. And if you connect with it, you get inspiration and you get to steer yourself back to where you ought to be, who you really are and how you can unfold that. Mm. That's what I hear in your story. Mm. You are amazing. I'm thinking about the, like all the wisdom like a bullion cube that you like scrunch into this this, <laughs> this book that's just got yeah. a hand just like a very few amount of pages i mean yeah 30 pages, right. 30 yeah. pages but some of those 30 pages are the afterward and the 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 pre-stuff that's so it's mm-hmm. so it's short but I, and i'm thinking of yeah. that mark twain quote i think it was mark twain who said that like sorry i wrote this very long thing because I, I only had a few, I only had a, a short amount of time. Otherwise I would have made it more consistent. <laughs> You're succinct. right. Yes, right. So it's, there's, yes. there, like, mm-hmm. you could say Danyan's written all these books and there's been volumes of, of mm-hmm. books from Anita Marjani to Eben Alexander and, mm-hmm. and even myself in my new book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste. There's, I mean, so many people have written very long stories, but you have done the really brilliant work to Thank consolidate you. it. It's almost like near-death experiences for dummies, but it's not dummies. It's it's like for people that are new, because in some way we Mm -hmm. like, even if we're 
you know, we, we spend a lot of time in that realm or talking and studying mm -hmm. in that realm. What I love is that you maintained the integrity mm -hmm. of these common denominators of what happens to us in that. You know, that caught me by surprise because I, I mentioned to you that 25 years ago, I came up with this idea and I've had to grow myself with the story because at that time I was just discovering that I was an artist because before that I was a science student <gasps> and immediately my enthusiasm just poured myself out there. But looking back, the artwork was enough to part the way it is now. So that's one ingredient. And the second one is um, I needed to translate the story to children. And that's where the stepping down comes from because you cannot, as you step it down, you cannot skew it. You cannot make it an untruth. Because, yes. you know, children are pure uh, containers for the truth and you want to give them the best possible vision. And so I was really feeling a great responsibility in that sense. And one thing I struggled with for, I remember, probably 10 years of those 25 is how was I going to translate the visuals of the other side when I couldn't be 100% sure that I had stood there the way Daniel stood there, or the way a person like Anita Morjani stood there. You know, I have touched, I can now see in hindsight how I've touched spirit continuously and how it is a language for me that I now, you know, speak. But at the time I was very burdened by the idea that I would do it right. And that you already mentioned that word just now, because what I came to conclude after all that soul searching is that it's not so much what I saw, but what it felt like, because we're all going to have our own subjective experience of spirit but it's going to have a vibration that has the truth. And that's what we will recognize. And I try to put that feeling and that vibration into the artwork so that it simply prompts you to remember it. And then you can go dream your own dreams of the other side based on that feeling and that vibration, rather than saying, oh, she saw it. So therefore it's like that. That's not how it was. And that's what I had to discover. And so it took quite a while for me to mature my message and myself to get this book out in an authentic way it's it's so interesting it's kind of like the little iceberg that pops out through the ocean you're like yeah oh, it's so cute it's so little and you look yeah. underneath and you're like whoa well, thank you for saying that because it it's feels massive like that. so this this yeah. book danny's day in heaven is an iceberg it's like yeah. it is <laughs> massive you. it the roots mm -hmm. are so deep and it's like this beautiful flower Oh, that comes on, like <laughs> on the head of this massive undertaking and it's felt i mean there's a reason i had all these synchronicities on this day it was like you must talk that. to this woman <laughs> and also just fan the flames of this i want yeah. people to read this book because right. selfishly yeah. i yeah. think honestly like if if we could just blink our eyes and the whole world read this book mm -hmm. and they had this information every child every man every woman I think it would cause us all to live more consciously, more kindly. Yes. yes. And mm -hmm. and with less, we would be kinder to each other because of that yeah. holistic life review, holographic life review. But mm -hmm. we would also not have the fear that that drives us to, mm -hmm. to not be our best selves. So right. how so you talked about how the beginning of your story is this fear of death. Mm -hmm. and this like empty darkness and there's a lot of people that mm -hmm. that that feel that way and god bless you if that's you know go for it have that if you want but i imagine if people are still listening or watching they're interested in in more of this mm -hmm. so what did 
So how did you come to, was it by meeting Danyan or how was it that you came to this and like, when, what did it do for you, this awareness of the other side being a friendly place? Well, since I was a child, I've had the other side connect with me and, you know, knock on my awareness and spirits would um, interact. And I, because I had no answers and it was a place of um, unknowns, it was translated to darkness, which kept me afraid. And I can now understand looking back that being afraid made me connect more with the fearful energies rather than the loving ones, because it was based on what was going on inside of me. And so I was attuned to scary things. Mm -hmm. And so as a child, I had a lot of scary experiences, you know, hands groping at me in the dark and voices and, and, and that was overwhelming. And so I remember my mom, when um, I was 11, actually contacted an intuitive who said, who could see that I was really having these experiences and suggested that she would pray the rosary for me. We were Catholic at the time. And I remember that distinctly because when I was 11, my mom started praying the rosary for me and it, and it stopped. So it, a, 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 a force of soft protection came around me that helped me feel uh, safe again. And so then from then forward, I, I felt I had tools, tools of prayer and tools of keeping myself in a positive energy. And uh, that was the beginning of me waking up to that whole language and that you can actually be affected and influence it yourself. And um, so I had quite a, a database of information. By the time I met Daniel, I had a lot of um, studied a lot of the world religions and uh, new age tools and techniques, but that didn't touch me personally. It was more like I said, knowledge in my head. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like I said, the effect Daniel had with his experience and his, his big heart was very reassuring. And at that point, I, I got my own confidence and I started moving forward based on that loving vibration and from that opening up into how it's a healing force to be connected to spirit and how it's meant to be realigning you and healing you and making you complete because you know like i like to say spirit is to matter as yin is to yang we are complete having both of those voices inside of us and and that's what i now do my artwork for and that's what i now yeah um steer my message towards that is amazing. So beautiful. Um, I'm remembering seeing a documentary years ago on Ray Kurzweil. Are you familiar with him? No. I'm the singularity, I believe was the name of the movie. And okay. he's, he's an inventor, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant contributor to science and AI and technology. And mm -hmm. he, he revealed in the documentary that he became so focused on preserving life beyond the body mm -hmm. um, scientifically, like being able to, and there's so much data and research right now on yeah. stem cells and our ability right. to, if we have a bad liver, we can grow a new one and mm -hmm. maybe we can even make another version of ourselves so that if we, this body gets sick and dies, well, we've got another body and there's yeah. like, it's kind of, shocking what's yeah. possible with AI, but right. he revealed that part of his driving force was because mm -hmm. he was an absolute diehard atheist. And right. when his father died, mm -hmm. he, just as you were talking about, he, he envisioned that his dad was just in this black, dark void that just yes. went into nothingness. And he said, I, it was unbearable. He yes. had to figure out how to preserve life because that was not thinkable and i thought yes. oh my god 
it's great all the scientific technological advances he and others like him have made and yet there's this fear-based quality to it like yes. we're gonna overcome death because yes. death is the enemy it's the darth vader and mm -hmm. and i imagine like what might these brilliant minds do if they had this information would they not be as brilliant would they not be as driven or might they do other things to enhance this life, I, I don't know, I'm just kind of what I'm actually here. imagining, you make a good point, but I'm imagining is I think it comes out of that phase that Nietzsche first recognized, you know, God is dead and we kill him. Because our science started understanding our world in a way that made it very rational and brought it here and now. And I actually think, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And I think these scientists that went so mm. diehard physical and, and rational, they are reinventing spirit. They're going to bring themselves back to the realm that we already intuitively know exists because right. energy comes from that realm. And that's what they're getting finer and finer instruments in detecting. So they're, they're working themselves right back to that same destination. And in the end, you know, God, for me, God is all and in all. And it doesn't matter what your language is, you're going to end up discovering that. Oh, you are amazing. So you, <laughs> this book, Danny's Day in Heaven, tell us a little bit about the artwork itself. Like, I mean, I'm going to do a little for people who are watching on Facebook or on YouTube later. Um, I'm just going to do a little fan here. <laughs> I don't want to okay. give the whole you book away, <laughs> but there's well, some, I'm, I'm doing a very bad job at fanning here, but... <laughs> Look you at know, this. you it's, can see it pretty good, actually. It's yes. colorful and beautiful. Mm -hmm. So what was it as an artist like for you to actually like be inside this painting? And what was the, the process of, of the art, creating the art like for you? For me, I think that we touched on that briefly. That's one of the reasons it took 25 years. And for long periods of time, I, I'd have to go through my ego process. And, you know, I want this book out there and I want everyone to read it. And I realized... That wasn't how um, I was supported from within in my spirit because it wasn't about me. It was about the message. And I had to live the message myself before I could go out there. And I feel that now that I'm on the other end of that, that training, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like when I had this painting <gasps> right here, where oh, he drops into the light. And, um, <sighs> you know, as you know, any painting, you have to paint, you have to feel what you paint. And, you know, you can't just intellectually drop into light. If I was going to feel that, I had to drop into light. And when you drop into light, everything that's shadow comes out. And, you know, so it was a journey for me. I, I feel that I grew through this process so that I could distill it for children. And, and it's a, been a tremendous blessing now that I'm on the other side. But looking back, I can see the roller coaster of it. You know, that was like, oh, times where I have to be really frustrated and, you know, purge the stuff that I had to grow through. Oh, so, but I do oh. hope at this point that the, the vibration of, you know, renewal and, you know, death and resurrection and renewal and, and letting life in, you know, spills through the colors and spills through the images. So that besides the story, it's, it's a, a tangible reminder of your own spirit. So that if you feel stuck, hopefully you can look at a painting like this and 
it'll start blowing again. You know? So for those who keep it, keep it up there. And because okay. I want to just describe it for people who are just listening. If you're just listening, you really want to watch this because the visuals are incredible. Here's Danny, this cute little tan surfer boy. He's in the ocean and there's this spiral of like rainbow colored sparkling lights that he's getting whooshed into. And we, I'm not going to tell you where it takes him, but you can kind of <laughs> guess. And I tried to put a golden ratio in there because I know that spirit and light is built on geometry. And so I, I have all these elements that, um, you know, I, I ran into that I put into it so that really just to remind us all who we are, what we're made of. We're not have just you, physical beings. Have you by chance ever, do you know Rasuli, the artist? Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. yes. he's because he does a lot of like these spirals, like yes. I guess the golden ratio. I don't know, but I think I, it's what, the language of spirit very much. Yes, yes. I when I first met Rasuli, I asked mm -hmm. him because it was after my near death experience. I said, "You, mm -hmm. you must have died," and he yeah. said, "Everybody thinks I have, but oh. I haven't in this lifetime. I mean, in yeah. this lifetime, I've been here the whole time." But it does vary, but it's, it's, a, you have a similar kind of a vibration. I think, it. yeah, I, I do think it's the language of spirit because I have the same, I, are you familiar with the work of PMH Atwater? She is a familiar. scientist. Yeah, yes. she studied children and children between zero and five in particular who have had near death mm -hmm. experiences and how they live afterwards. Because the difference between a child and a grown up having a near death experience is that a grown up already has context for this world. Oh. And then when they touch the other side, they simply have to bridge the difference and recover. And it's a big enough task, but it's still something they can do because they have context. What she found out is that children between zero and five have no context. They simply have that experience. And then they are constantly disoriented, having this world be so different and so at odds with what they felt was true from the other side. When I read her book, um, from beginning to end, it was 100% my story. And I was like, well, did I die? And, and I looked back and I asked my mom, and no, I didn't die. Between zero and five, it was not that I missed any experience. But I think there are many of us who have been in touch with spirit without dying. And that's another element. It's, it's such a natural part of our world. It's time we stop asking the question in an existentialist way, just because science hasn't measured it yet. We all have a piece of the puzzle. We all have an experience. And I think some of us more than others go deeper into it, but the language is there and it's pushing through us whether we like it or not. You know how it says God is no respecter of persons. It's just coming through as soon as you open up. It's so true. And if you think yeah. of it, a baby being born into this world, like that is yes. just such a cosmic thing. Like where did he or <laughs> yes. she come from? Like she right. it didn't originate in the womb. Mm -hmm. Like there was a whole backstory here. Yes. So all of us, whether we have a near-death experience while we're here or not, we are, it, it's really just a matter of time before like before we got here and before we'll mm -hmm. go on the other side and it's in our dreams i mean one of the biggest themes of dreams is i mean people dreaming of being dead or being being dying or or trying to escape being dead or or communicating with departed loved ones and when i had my near death experience i came back here with this thought of like but this is just like a dream i mean yeah. there's nothing that that different about 
dying and coming back as dreaming and then waking up and coming back into this realm. That's it's kind of exactly the same. So what were you? It's just a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit more concrete. It's more yes, sluggish. Yes. It's more physical. And yes, the change you want to bring takes more time to work out. Yeah. but it's a continuum. And I remember having you know you know a little bit about my background now. And once I discovered the power of the near death experience and how healing that perspective was for me, you know I flipped the switch and I started romanticizing that. So for a good decade, I was like, I want to be on the other side, you know. Right. And it's so much prettier there than it is here. Well, I had a chance to do so when I was 36. I had my my son, and he had a birth defect. And so, long story short, we ended up having a trauma birth, in which they had 60 seconds to save my life. And I knew it was in a in an odd way something I had attracted for myself, having romanticized these death experiences in a way that was unique to me. And in those 60 seconds, I remember feeling the tunnel. I remember it was about six foot out and beyond that was chaos and inside it was total peace. And you know, my reaction was after having seen the power of it and after having romanticized and wished for it to so much more because this world is just one of pain and suffering is what I said. My reaction was hell no. <laughs> and it was just pure like all of a sudden it hit me. What a treasure it is to be here, to be to alive. Be Right. To work the works that we do, to connect with each other and to create. And when I came back, it took eight hours to, you know, bring me back to consciousness and everything. At that point, it was been a black hole between the hell no and, and the waking back up. So I didn't have at that point an experience of the other side. But when I returned in my body, it had been reset very much the same as they write about in the books. Is that I could feel my husband entering the hospital like a countdown by the... 10, 8, 9, when he would open the door and my intuition, everything was exactly the same. And I realized power of spirit. And I realized the same time, the treasure of being in a body, of being alive, of being able to work what we can work and not have the dream where things are fluid and they shape and they can't really land, but to be here and to work yeah. with our hands and with our minds and create and, and, and participate. And that is that's a thrill for me now. And it cured me. So since oh. I was 36, I've enjoyed being here. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that piece up because I think we go yeah. from one extreme to the next first yeah. we fear death. And then yes. as we graduate, we, then we romanticize it. Like, well, yes. what's the point of being here? This world yes. sucks. It's samsara yes. as the Buddhists say, yes. the world of suffering. I want to mm -hmm. get me like, stop the world and let me off. Yes. And then when we get that, then we come back and we realize, isn't it funny that we, I'm going to say like beings of light, we come from a place of light. We like we're angels, really earth right. angels, but we come from this place of pure light, but we chose to come here. We didn't choose to come here because we got the like booby prize. We yeah. chose to come here because we were smart. We could have gone anywhere. We could have done anything, but we chose to come here. There must be something really sacred about being in this dimension here on earth. And mm -hmm. I don't think we need to like hurry up and try to get out, but I think when the time does come, mm -hmm. the point is to have some grace and to have yes. some, some ease with all of it and to take it yes. all a little more lightly and yet a little bit more seriously. Yeah. <laughs>
is our time oh, coming to an end? As my neighbor, my, oh. my gardener comes by with donuts. Oh. Okay. <laughs> See, this world is worth living in. Oh, that's so cute. So on <laughs> that note, I want because I've but got I donuts agree. waiting out there for you. <laughs> but this I agree is... with you. That was a good point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in wrapping this up, so uh, mm -hmm. Marie Antoinette Kelly, author of Danny's Day in Heaven, this is yeah. so beautiful. Everybody get this, whether you have kids or not, or whether your kids are grown or not, or whether you know someone with a kid, or if there's a kid inside <laughs> of you, which hello there is, I think we all need to read this book. I, I predict this is going to win all kinds of awards. Um, really, this you. feels like a breakthrough book. This feels like thank one of those you. books that's going to be like a, like the V8 commercial, like, ah, like we could have had this a long time ago. Where was Thank this? You. Why wasn't this required reading in elementary school or preschool or whatever? Wow. Like this is an important freaking book for Thank you. all of us to be able to be more yeah. gracefully here and to yeah. embrace what happens next with more grace. So last wow. words from you, Marie Antoinette Kelly. I'm so grateful. I, could, I couldn't have asked for a more powerful review than the one you just gave. So thank you so much. Mark my words, copy and yeah. paste, put them anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Everybody check her out at makfineart.com. Yes. And that stands for Marie Antoinette Kelly. And that's Kelly that's with an E. Why? That's right. That's right. That's all I always have to say. <laughs> Correct. It's not like yes. it's my spelling. Add another E to that. And I just so appreciate your time and your all the thousands of lifetimes and within this lifetime and others that went into this so yes, much. Thank you. It's like And it's so sure nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet in you. In the touch base, yes. In this dimension and nice. <laughs> in many, many others. So thank you so yes, much. Yes, we'll meet again. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show. If you enjoyed this episode, take a moment to like, subscribe, comment, and share it with your friends. My show can be found on Apple iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to border my new book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, go to your favorite online or brick-and-mortar retailer, then head on over to kellysullivanwalden.com, tragic to magic. Input your order number and redeem your bonus gifts. I'm also excited to be offering a DreamWork practitioner training. So if that calls to you, go to kellysullivanwalden.com forward slash DreamWork. If you'd like to join me for the live recording of these shows, most Wednesdays at noon Pacific, you can find me on Facebook. If you have a question about your dreams or about how to transform your tragic into magic, email me at kelly at kellysullivanwalden.com. Until next time, remember, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. And as you awaken to the power of your dreams, you make the world a lighter, brighter, more beautiful place, one dream at a time. Sweet dreams.
Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.